welcome back to the Joy for Ministry podcast. My name is Joy, and I am so glad you are here. Today, you are in for a treat. I get to interview my friend, Jen Howitt. This is part one of a two-part conversation where I know that you are going to be blessed and encouraged. Hi, Jen. Hello. It's so good to see you. It is good to see you too. Thanks for having me. You are like a gift dropped out of the sky to me, which is, it's so funny because we didn't know each other as of, I would, what was it? Maybe six weeks ago, right? A month ago, something like that. And we were connected through a mutual friend. And I already feel like you're, um, this short time of knowing you, you have inspired me and encouraged me. And we've had a couple of Zoom calls where I get off the call and I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I know. I love it when God does that, when he brings people together. I feel the same way. I feel like, I, and I love because you're from the East, very close <laughs> to where I grew up and we'll say towns and we know what we're, you know, it's like yep. this common language already. And I love, you know, when you get connected with people and feel like you've known them forever. Yes. I love that. So I should just start this by saying, um, we are on a zoom call, which zoom has crashed today. So if you hear us going in and out a little bit with our voices, you know why. <laughs> so, but we're just going to work through it and see how That's it turns right. out. So Jen, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, as I just mentioned, I'm an East coast girl, grew up outside of Philly and now find myself living in Edmond, Oklahoma in the middle of the country. Um, I, gosh, I was a criminal justice major. Not a lot of people know that about me. And I was a juvenile probation officer in what seems like a uh, lifetime so long ago. Um, but we are here in Edmond because I had a ministry position that I was a part of, which I have now left, but that's what brought us out here to the plain states mm. and um been married for gosh it'll be 23 years wow. next month we have a 20 year old son um and yeah just uh just trying to get through 20 hashtag 2020 <laughs> yeah i hear you trust me yeah. So you said you moved for a ministry experience, like tell me a little bit about that and how long you've been in ministry and what ministry has been like for you. Yeah. So the journey in ministry has been a, a, a lengthy one, I guess you could say. Um, although let me start by saying I was not a Jesus follower growing up and I really didn't go to church growing up. That wasn't a part of my life. Um, but I did become a Jesus follower after Tyler was born. Um, and as I did that, they were looking for a youth director and I had left, as I said, being a juvenile probation officer where I had a hundred kids on my caseload and I thought wow. youth ministry and they don't have a criminal <laughs> record. This would be a piece of cake. So my husband and I actually did it together. And it was in the course of that where I felt called to pastoral ministry. Did not pick this at all. Um, I stood up and gave a message. It was a youth Sunday. And I didn't know who was supposed to preach. So I went to the pastor 
And uh, I said to her, I said, well, who's going to give the message on this day? And she said, well, why don't you do it? And I was I'm like, am I allowed to? Like, do you have to throw holy water on me or something? <laughs> like, what qualifies you to stand up in that thing, you know, and, and talk about God? And, you know, she laughed and she was like, no, no, no. You, you just talk about Talk about a scripture that you know. And at that time, I knew one. And it was Hebrews 11 uh, about faith being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Mm. And so I stood up and I gave that message. And people came up to me and said, you found your calling. Wow. And I thought they, you know, someone spiked the fruit punch down in the social <laughs> hall. You know, I had, I didn't even know what this was about. But um, that is kind of how God started to revealed to me that I was in fact called to ministry. And so I did more of the formal ministry role as a pastor. I went to seminary, took me five and a half years because our son was 20 months old when I started. And then I served as a solo pastor for six years and I served as an associate for four and a half years. And I've done some, some form of coaching, whether it be individual people that are in ministry or coaching around organizational change. Mm. And I've done that for probably about six years now. Okay. And now in this season, I left traditional ministry in terms of pastoring in a church. And I wasn't really sure what was on the horizon, but I knew that that season was done. And so I left the end of twenty. 18 and through you know a series of a year god revealed to me that he was calling me to fight for healthy pastors and leaders mm. and so um that is what women in ministry united is about it's the ministry that i'm now involved in and have launched and it's really just about trying to create supportive community for women who are in ministry, whether it's in a traditional role or non-traditional, um, but to have support around this area of burnout, because right. you know a lot of us struggle with that, and we're obviously going to talk more about that. But um, and and just there's so many people going and doing ministry, and they don't have joy, right? It's not right. joy for ministry. It's right. bitterness <laughs> and resentment, and that's not the way Jesus designed this, right? And so, um, that's so you left full time ministry to start this ministry. That is correct. Which is what you've been doing for really the past year and a half. That is correct. Yeah. So I'm. I'm so curious one day I, I would love to talk to your husband because I'm just, so what was that like for him going him and saying, I feel like I, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be in full-time ministry. Was he like on board? Was that an adjustment for him? Yeah, that's a great question. So he also did not grow up in the church. He did go to a Catholic high school because he played baseball. Like that was, you know, so our experience, if you had said to us 25 years ago when we met that that I would do ministry or just that God would be, you know, part of our lives. We would have looked at you and thought, you know, wow. you're crazy. But he actually, so when I gave that sermon, that message on that youth Sunday, he said to me, he's one of the first people, he said to me, you should go to seminary. Wow. And I looked at him and I said, you don't even know what seminary is. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, he really, I mean, 
he doesn't really actually remember that, which is kind of funny. You know, I think sometimes, you know, maybe sometimes when God uses you as a mouthpiece, you don't even realize what you you're saying. You don't even know but, it. <laughs> but um, he, I mean, he was always supportive. I, I mean, I think he just saw something in me and knew that it was something that I was passionate about and that he was connecting to you as well. You know, we were, we, we came to know Jesus that, you know, at, at kind of the same time. And so we were on that journey together and just being willing to explore what did that mean for our lives. And so there really was never a question. We clearly had no idea what we were getting into. I mean, zero, because we had not, my friend, uh, Danielle, I, I often quote her. She says that when you go and you, you, you get involved in ministry, it's like pulling behind the curtain. You know, it's like the right. Wizard of Oz, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because it will totally ruin your view of what Oz really right. is. And so no one had ever pulled back the curtain of the church for us. So we were very naive and <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Right. But he was super supportive. I think the hardest part for him was they didn't know what to do with them because he was a guy, you know, yeah. like, what do you do with the pastor's spouse when the pastor's a woman and the spouse is a man? He was not going to show up and bake or knit or get involved with women's ministry. And so they kind of didn't know what to do with him. So on the one hand, he, I think, was maybe relieved of some of that pressure that a lot of pastor's wives have, a lot of assumptions that congregations right. have about how they'll be involved. But also on the flip side, I think he had, he really struggled to get connected because the pastor of the church was his wife. Right. And so he really had to be intentional about, about creating relationships and also getting the word for, from someone else besides me, right. um, you know, to, to be just having a good spiritual, you know, vitality in his own spiritual life. So, right. but in terms of his support, he has been he has been always extreme. Even I when I that. told him I wanted to leave the confines of the church in a steady paycheck and, you know, go out and do this new thing. Um, he's, he's always been really supportive. I love that. So you kind of, yeah, I, you know, I think it would be so awesome to, to do something where, I mean, I know other women that are pastors and their husband, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's interesting. You said like he didn't, you know, find figuring out his role. Like he didn't bake and knit and be a part of children's ministry. And I don't either, but at least there's not that like role, like, oh, you're supposed to do this with him, you know, but there's, I could see that being really challenging to work through. I right. think maybe that will be a future, something we talk about. Yeah. Um, so you kind of answered this question already a little bit, um, but did you feel prepared to step into that role? I know you touched on that a little bit. Yeah, I would say, you know, in terms of feeling called to it, in, in terms of that being preparation, knowing in me that this is what I was meant to do, 100%. But I had no clue. I mean, I was totally unprepared for all things in the church um, because, you know, my, my experience as I'm learning that was also going through seminary and they try to prepare you as best they can. You know, I had to do two internships full-time at churches. I had to, I was a chaplain for, I did like 500 hours as a chaplain in a trauma one, um, wow. hospital. And so, but you know, that doesn't, 
but it's one thing when you do that, but it's another thing when you actually go in there and you are the one that is now sure. the pastor. And so in my heart, I was prepared because I knew I was called to it, but I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. Yes. And until you're actually in it, sometimes you just, you, you can't know. Right. And then you go, what, what is happening? What did I, yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the early struggles that you faced and how did it affect your life, your ministry, maybe your marriage, your home life? Yeah, I think um, there were a few. I think the first thing was that in the name of building up everyone else or in the name of helping others build their relationship with Jesus, I let mine go on the back burner. Mm, Wow. And I, you know, I had had a great rhythm of time with the Lord and, you know, stepping back and just being refreshed in his presence and things like that. But I was just going, 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 going. And it was all for a good reason, right? I mean, the gospel and people's lives changing. And I served a church that in the number of years was old. It was actually one of the oldest Presbyterian churches in our country. But in terms of a church culture where people realized that Jesus wanted a personal relationship with them, that was very new to them. So they were excited and they wanted, like they were hungry, they were ready to go. And so I'm just, you know, going crazy and trying to do anything and everything because they were so excited. But in doing that, I let my relationship with God slip and that just affected everything. I mean, it affected the way I felt about ministry. It affected the way I felt about myself because it became all about what I did for him and not being with him. So that I think was, was a really, really big thing. Um, The other thing too, is that I, I'm a people pleaser. I like, I like to be liked and I like you to be happy. And so I would try to even do more if it meant I thought that I could keep the peace and everybody would be okay. I just want everybody to be okay. And oh goodness, right? Like it doesn't matter. You could, you could do whatever. And you're going to make some people not happy. And so I wasn't prepared for that. Um, and that really struck me and that took a toll on me. I also, I didn't realize how much it was people really, how do I say this? I was surprised that many people had an expectation of me doing what they wanted them to do. And I just had assumed that we were partnering the gospel and that sometimes meant we would all have to compromise, but, um, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. And so I just tried to, the more I kind of caught resistance to that, the more I tried to make people happy. And so it just, you know, you can't please everybody. And I tried to live out my ministry in a role that was not meant for me. I tried to be somebody that I wasn't, and I wasn't true to myself. And exhausting. It is exhausting. It is absolutely, absolutely exhausting. Um, And because of those two things, I think, you know, lastly, I didn't have the good rhythms and boundaries. I feel as though I was very good at making sure that my family was okay. In fact, I had a journal during my first uh, pastorate that lasted six years. And I said that 
you know, from the beginning, ministry was never going to be at the detriment of my family, but I never considered that it would actually be a detriment to myself. Mm, And I just got to a place where I was so burned out. I was depressed. I, I mean, I like, I didn't care anymore. It was like, whatever, you know, you don't, you don't like this. Fine. I don't care. I was so just, I was over it. Right. (laughs) And then I became very bitter and resentful of the people I was called to serve. And that was not a healthy place to Mm. be in. And so, um, I think those are the three places where I really, you know, struggled most because, you know, obviously a pastor is part of who I am. A pastor's wife is part of who you are, but it's not all of who we are. Right. You know, we have other aspects of ourselves, but when we ignore those other pieces of ourselves and only pour ourselves into that one thing and it runs us into the ground, it'll affect everything. Right. It's so unbalanced. And I, it's funny because I was having a conversation with somebody else and another woman in ministry. We were saying like, God has given us and designed us with gifts. And so he's called us to use these gifts. But when we're changing, trying to change who we are to please everybody, we're not walking in the, the gifts and the calling that God has for us. But a lot of us learn that the hard way. Right. Whether, you know, you burn out or you realize like, I can't keep doing this. And it's, it's a vicious cycle. It sure is. Absolutely right. So what now you're, you started this ministry, um, for women in ministry. What is something that you hear is a struggle? Like if you could name, you know, the top one or two of the top things that you hear other women in ministry struggling with, what would those be? The number one has been spoken by every woman I have talked to, regardless of denomination, position in the church, or location in the country, has been a struggle with a lack of boundaries. Mm. And it all stems from the fears and the lies and the limiting beliefs that they have come to um, believe in. And, and I've struggled with those things too, you know, so they're not able to create boundaries because they think that a good leader, a godly leader is somebody who's available 24 seven, or they think that if they're not able or willing to do it all, that they must not have what it takes. And so I think those kinds of lies are the things that really have created a type of environment where they are just not creating any kind of boundaries whatsoever. I've had women say, people have 24 seven access to me and I need a time and a place where I am not the person that they, that, that is in charge or that they need to have an answer from right away. I need space to cultivate the other things that are in my life. Um, or, you know, one friend I was talking to, she just, just wants to go out to dinner with her husband and with a couple other, you know, friends and feel like that is sacred time and space that nothing else would right. interfere with. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that the boundaries, I mean, I have interviewed people. Um, that is the number one thing right. that uh, women struggle with. And it is the thing that leads to the burnout. 
Right. And, you know, it's funny because when I talk with women about burnout, there's an assumption sometimes that burnout means that you have to be in crisis. That burnout means, you know, you're the one who you're dangling by a thread, you're about to quit your job, you're day drinking, you know, like all like yeah. this, this horrible, <laughs> you know, picture, you know, of, of somebody burned out. And, you know, if that's you, then you probably are burned out and that's okay. <laughs> and, you know, but that's, you don't have to be in crisis to right. be experiencing burnout. Burnout simply means to be depleted. It means to be tired. It means to be exhausted. And we can be tired physically, emotionally, spiritually. And the research on burnout is absolutely unbelievable. I, I cannot believe that we're not talking more and more about this because there are, I mean, 80, I think that the latest statistic was 81% of pastors don't survive ministry more than um, 10 years. Wow. And then if you interview people who are in ministry, not necessarily pastoring, but in different areas of ministry, the number one reason why they get out and quit is because of burnout. Wow. And yet it's something that we don't talk very much about. No, no. Yeah. I think too, like even you can talk about these things, you can talk about boundaries. I think a lot of times, at least for me, I put up well-intentioned boundaries or my husband, I try to, but sometimes like you said, whether it's guilt or fear or whatever, they're very soft boundaries because, you know, I, I know that, you know, my husband's been through, you know, we left a church a year and a half ago. And so now going into a new place, it's like, you want to go more, do more. You want to be as much as you can be. And so you have well-intentioned boundaries. Um, but they're flexible because, you know, well, of course I want to do, I want to be there for people. I want to do my best. And then you're not taking care of yourself on the other side as well. So you have soft boundaries. You're not taking care of yourself. You're sometimes doing things out of fear. And then I think where that bitterness and things come in is when something does happen or you do leave or finally you, it's the last straw. You've real, you've, you're like, I've depleted so much of myself. Right you know, and you, it just, that's never good for you or your family. But I'm going to be the first to admit, I don't know how to keep strong boundaries and I don't know how to, you know, deal with burnout and self-care and all of that. So I'll be the first to admit that that's something I struggle with for sure. Yeah. And I think one, so here's, here was an aha moment just for me today. And by the way, the reason why this is such a passion of mine is because as I was you know, sharing a little bit earlier, I experienced it so early on in ministry. And I, I'm just going to be super honest. Um, I, I'm starting to feel it. I realized mm. today that I was feeling that tiredness and I, and I can tell it within me that it's just this, it's a spiritual tiredness tiredness. It's a physical, it manifests itself physically, uh, emotionally. And I started to get like frustrated with myself, you know, well, goodness gracious, this is like your thing. And how are you, you know, finding yourself here? And I, I realized we can, we can do things. There are rhythms, there are boundaries, there are techniques, there are strategies. Absolutely. But it's not 
it will not make it so that the feelings of exhaustion go away. But when we start to train ourselves, we realize, oh, this is what I'm feeling. Like it's a signal, you know, like we're not going to be able to make it so that we put boundaries and rhythms into our ministry, into our life. And somehow we will burnout will never rear its ugly head. That is not going to be the case. It right. will find us. But the difference is, is that we're able to recognize it and we have some things that are go-to, you know, strategies that we go back to so that the burnout doesn't then cause us to, you know, cycle then into right. more of a crisis. It's just like worrying, like tell yourself not to worry. Yeah, right. I mean, right. Exactly. Hello, 2020, like who can't worry this year, you know, <laughs> I mean, but, but the sin is not the worry. It's what you right. do with the worry. There's nothing wrong. It's not like you've done anything wrong. If you're burned out, it's not like you've made bad decisions or that you're somehow not cut out for what you're doing. It's just a signal. It's just right. something to say, Hey, this is pay attention. It's like God's little, you know, get your antennas right. up, you know, it's, well, it's funny back. because what we, you got on the call and I said, I think I think I'm experiencing burnout. And I just was like, it was funny to me that I'm having this call with you. And I know this is something that you are passionate about and you feel called to minister to um, people and, you know, talk on this. And I don't, I was able to put it into words. And so like getting on the call with you, I'm like, I think I'm experiencing and being able to recognize it and talk through it for me is a big deal. Yeah. So I think what you're saying, the spiritual tiredness, the physical tiredness, these are all key words I've never heard. And it's like my antenna is going up a little bit like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And so even getting that out there that, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the words for that until you said it, but I could go, yes, that's me. Right. Right. And it's you and it's me and it's most women in ministry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think that it's, um, to be able to talk about it is a, is a huge thing. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Come back next week for part two of my conversation with Jen, where you get to hear more of her story and some really encouraging and inspiring words. Be sure that you check us out on our website, which is joyforministry.com. Email us at joyforministry at gmail.com. You can share us, share our podcast, rate us, and subscribe. See you next week.